Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensah, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensah is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. We are on what we call kingdom warfare. Kingdom warfare. And under kingdom warfare today, I'm talking about Jesus. Satan and you. Jesus, Satan and you. The whole sermon, I can summarize in three blocks. The first block is Jesus took Satan seriously. Jesus took Satan seriously. The second block is Jesus conquered Satan thoroughly. Jesus conquered Satan thoroughly. The third block is you have authority to conquer Satan thoroughly. You have authority to conquer or overcome Satan thoroughly. So let's look at the first block. Jesus took Satan seriously. Many of us treat Satan as if he does not exist. Some people even go ahead and teach that. Why do you blame Satan for everything? But no Christian can be bigger than Jesus. When Jesus came to this earth, After his baptism, his first mission was to meet Satan face to face, eye to eye, knee to knee, eyeball to eyeball, toe to toe. 
That is what we call the temptation of Jesus. And when Satan brought different temptations, Jesus answered him as a person. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus told Satan, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, by every word which comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 7, Jesus told Satan, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Matthew 4, 10, Jesus told Satan, Get thee behind me, Satan, because it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, Him only shall you serve. Even when somebody was advising Jesus in Matthew 16, this one we will read it, Matthew 16, verse 22 and 23, Peter, Jesus' closest friend, was advising him that, I don't think you should go to the cross, so let this thing be far from you. Listen to how Jesus replied. Matthew 16. We are reading verse 22 and 23. Matthew 16, 22 and 23. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Peter didn't even tell, if he were advising Jesus in public, and Jesus shouted on him, I will understand. He took him aside. Let let me see you. Jesus, I want to see you. And when they went, he said, I rebuke you. Far be this thing from you. It shouldn't happen. Listen to Jesus. But he turned and said to Peter. Jesus turned and said to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Things your friends, your family members give you is from the mouth and stomach of Satan. Jesus took Satan seriously. He said in John 6, 70, Have I not chosen 12 of you, but one of you is a devil? He told the Pharisees in the chapel, in John 8, 44, You are of your father the devil, and his works you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And when he tells lies, that is his native language. He speaks lying as some people speak I can. He is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus did not take Satan for granted. In fact, I want us to read two verses which really troubled me. In Luke chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, when Satan finished all his temptation, he left Jesus for an opportune time. Luke chapter 4, verse 13. Yes. And when the devil had ended every temptation... When the devil had ended every temptation, every temptation the devil had, 
He tempted Jesus. He, he, he did this. He did that. He went up. He did. Took him to the mountain. He took him to the top of the temple. He, he, when the devil ended every temptation he had. He departed from him until an opportune time. He left Jesus until an opportune time. This means that <laughs> Jesus needed everlasting watchfulness. He needed to be watchful all the time. Why? Because Satan let him until he get a chance again. You know, there are certain things in our lives, when you do them, you tempt the devil to tempt you. So, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give Satan a place. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Be angry. Don't sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Don't give opportunity to the devil. Don't give devil an opportunity. One of our young men told me that he was coming from 37. And the trotro from Medina came. And as they all rushed to enter, he saw somebody's 50 Ghana CDs jutting out of his pocket. So he used his hand to push it into his pocket. And the boy caught him and said, Julo, Julo! What do you think? I don't know you. And you are putting your hand into my pocket and you are saying that it's my 50 CDs which is coming out that you are pushing in. Will you believe it? You see? You do certain things and you tempt the devil. Some things we do give opportunity to Satan to tempt you. And the Bible says that Satan left Jesus and was just looking for an opportunity. So he passed through the mouth of Peter. But Jesus caught him. He said, get there behind me, Satan. So each time, you need everlasting watchfulness. So the apostles of Jesus took Satan seriously. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. He said, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary the devil. He's going around like a roaring lion, seeking whom to devour. Resist him firmly in your faith. First Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. One lady went we finished preaching. She said, oh, sorry. In fact, 
I want to stop with my boyfriend. Then he called the boy. She said, Sir, what we have been doing, I've seen that it's a sin. The Bible says it's a sin. And when they preached, I saw that we have to stop. So I've decided that from today, our relationship is over. And the boy said, uh, yes, but I'm at work. What you are saying, I don't understand. So if you can come to the house and we will sort it out. Then she went. And the boy just got up and locked the door and slept with her again. That's it. You see? That's it. Jesus took Satan seriously. But some Christians don't take him seriously. They feel that they don't... I mean, Satan, so what? Hebrews 4.15 says, He was tempted in every way like us, yet without sin. He just didn't give Satan a chance. Because of that, that's it. He could say in John 14.30, if you find it, you can read it for us. He says, Satan is coming, the God of this world, but he has no part in me. He has no part in me. John chapter 14, verse 30. I'm reading from the ESV. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. He has no claim on me. I've lived my life such that Satan cannot claim anything on my life. Jesus took Satan seriously. Let's go to the second block. Jesus conquered Satan thoroughly. When Satan tempted Jesus left, right, center, and he couldn't get him, he moved Judas Iscariot to crucify Jesus. And Judas betrayed him. John chapter 13 verse 2 says that Satan put into the mind of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. Have you found it? Read 2 and read 27. John chapter 13 verse 2. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Satan put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. You see, some things you do, it's Satan who put it into your heart. So Satan put into the heart of Judah Iscariot to betray Jesus. We are not reading, but Acts 5, 3 and 4, Peter told Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Take Satan seriously, brother. But 
according to the verse 27, when Jesus took bread deep into the soup and gave to Judas his carol, Satan entered him. Verse 27. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Yes. Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do quickly. So, Jesus was crucified. He died. <laughs> so, Satan threw a party. Ah! This Jesus. The way he has been troubling us. Hooray! We've killed him! Crucified! Not knowing that, that was the biggest trouble he gave himself. Listen to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Hebrews chapter Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. Hey, please, careful. Read it again. He says that Jesus came to save us, but we are flesh and blood. So Jesus himself took flesh and blood like us, so that he could die. And through the death, that's not the end. Through death, <laughs> through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. He, that is the devil. He might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. You see, the Bible is revealing about four things. First, it's telling us that all this death, 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 death. Somebody has the key of death. That was the devil. So, Juju men, when they see you, hey, are you talking to me like that? You will see. Because he wants to kill you. Why do you fear witches? They will kill you. In the night, they will come and suck your blood. Chuku, 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 like Bentuya. You see? Satan had the key of death. These Togo people call it Chakatu. Chakatu or Tukwe. Eh? They come when we are having crusade. Then they come and shoot you. Po. You see? And when they shoot you like that, it's a spiritual shotgun. Pistol. They have shot you. If you don't know, you go and eat, you start coughing blood. Because they have shot you. The person who had the key of death was Satan. But Jesus, through death, through death, <laughs> wow, when he died on the cross, the battle wasn't finished. He now went to meet Satan. Please, one minute. You are not Satan, but you come. And Jesus met him. And they met. And then they met. And they met. Before Satan knew, he was on the floor. And Jesus slapped him three times. And took the key of death from him. 
How do we know Jesus took the key of death from him? Because he got up from the dead. If he hadn't gotten the key of death, he could never have risen from the dead. There would be no Sunday church service. Yes. We come to church Sunday because Sunday forever, the key of death entered the hands of Jesus and he got up from the dead. That is the only explanation of Sunday in the whole history of human beings. Because Saturday, Sabbath, used to be Saturday. It's Sunday now, forever. Because the key of death left the hand of Satan and got into the hands of Jesus. And he got up from the dead, never to die again. Those of you who are interested in Greek... The Greek word used there is katargeo. 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 Kata means completely. Argos argeo is to work. So katargeo means to beat somebody until he's impotent. He can't work again. He's gone to Pando. Jesus smashed Satan. He beat him. He, he, he crushed him. You know why? <laughs> From the day Satan deceived Eve in the garden, God told Satan that in Genesis 3.15, I'm putting enmity, hatred, between the woman and yourself. Between the seed of the woman and your seed. The seed of the woman will crush your head. You will also bite his leg. But he will crush your head. And we were all waiting for which seed of the woman will do it. This is why Jesus was born by a virgin. No man impregnated Virgin Mary. So the, the prophecy says the seed of the woman. So that person must be born only by a woman. So he came. And Jesus, through death, he crushed Satan. Now, that victory is not for yesterday or yesteryear. It's forever. In Revelations chapter 1, verse 18, the Bible says, Jesus said, I was dead. I am alive forevermore. And the key of death and hate is in my hands forevermore. Yes. Revelations 1, 18 and 19. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. I died. Behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. I have in my pocket, my back pocket right now, the keys of death and Hades. I am alive forevermore. As long as I am alive, the key of death and Hades is in my hands. This is why if you are serving Jesus correctly, no witch, no akpasu, yebiezo, nanatungu, akonedi, shiari, fetish, or sakumo, or kole, uh, shrine or, or Nogopo shrine or uh, 
Which ones are there again? Tigari, eh? Shrine, eh? Brukum. They are not Brukum. Shrine, eh? Which one again? No, aha, uh-huh. Antoanyama. None of those shrines can say tomorrow you will die and you will die. The key of death is in the hands of Jesus forever. But Jesus did not only conquer Satan, take the key of death. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says, He went to the generals of Satan, the principalities and powers, and he disarmed them. He took their armor one by one. He took their armor. He took their armor. He disarmed principalities and powers. He disarmed principalities and powers. He disarmed principalities and powers. He didn't only disarm them. He made a public show of them. And he celebrated a triumph over them. Hallelujah. Colossians 2.15 Yes. He disarmed the rulers and authorities. Do you know how you disarm a person? You hold a gun and you say, drop your pistol. Put down your knife. Hand over your AK-47. Bring that, that jackknife. Bring it. You, you, the Bible says, Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. Either the Bible is true or it's lying. If, it, if the Bible is a lie, you must burn your Bible after church. Because it's no use. Because it's deceiving you. But if the Bible is true, you must believe it and know that every principality and power, every throne, dominion, every evil spirit, magic, white magic and black magic, every mami wata and papa wata spirit, every rebiezo uh, uh, and, and, and uh, what? Togwe zikpi, Every power, principality in the whole universe has been disarmed. And put them to open shame. He, he did what? Put them to open shame. You know, if you beat me in secret, you don't tell anybody, I like it. Sometimes your wife can insult you in secret. You don't mind. Because even the chief cried, the wife insults him. But in secret. But Jesus brought the thing out publicly. And made a public show of them. Made a public show of the devil. So that everybody can see the devil's botox. And they... Ah! And is that all? He put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Ah. You know, some of these words in the Bible have to be explained. He says, Jesus triumphed over them. A triumph is a celebration like we do Independence Day. And in Rome, there was a street which had the Ark of Triumph, like we too have our Ark of Justice, Freedom and Justice. And when Caesar goes to war, and he conquers the enemy, then he will capture the king and his generals, chain them, and strip them naked, 
Then they carried the booty, the gold, silver from that place and put them into uh, uh, wagons behind them. They are chained, barefooted. And they follow Caesar. And one day is called the day of triumph. On that day, the whole of Rome, the city, capital city, they line up. Two people, two groups of people. One group to the right, one group to the left of the street, the main street. Then Caesar will come on a white horse, leading his generals who went to the war with him. Then they are riding. They are riding through the streets. And then one group, the one of them will say, Caesar, hail Caesar, oh Caesar, conqueror Caesar, majesty Caesar, Lord Caesar, hail Caesar. Then the group at the other side will say, oh, 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 say, oh, they've conquered you. Oh, oh, oh. That is what is called a triumph. The Bible says, when Jesus rose from the dead, he marched through the principal streets of the universe and chained Satan and chained principalities and powers and all their hosts behind him publicly and marched through the streets of the universe. And the angels were standing Say, where Jesus? Hail Jesus. Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And another group was saying, down Satan. Down Satan. Woo, Satan. Oh, Satan. Shame, Satan. The Bible says, Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. He did not only get the key of death from Satan. He disarmed principalities and powers. And made an open show of them. Now, you need to understand that you can't cast out evil spirits if Satan and his demons have not been conquered. According to Luke chapter 11, let's read verse 20 and 21. Luke 11, 20 and 21. He says, when a strong man armed is guarding his place, you can't take anything from his house. Luke 11, verse 21 and 22. 21, 22. Okay. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, yes. his goods are safe. His goods are safe. But when one stronger than he, when someone stronger than he, attacks him, attacks him, and overcomes him, and overcomes him, he takes away his armor. He takes away his armor in which he trusted. Yes, and divides his spoil. Now he can take the spoil. Yes, you are free today because of the victory of Jesus two thousand years ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. As long as Satan is guarding his goods, you can't cast out demons. You, you can't even be here. Because the witches in your family will not allow you. Hallelujah. Jesus conquered Satan thoroughly. He said, I cast out demons by the Holy Spirit. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He said that so that those who were all their lives, they were slaves and afraid of death, he frees you. 
Acts 10 38 says, Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Anybody oppressed of the devil? Be free, be free, be free, be free. Luke 4 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to set the captives free. And that brings me to the last block of our sermon. Till today, the Christian church has not got enough boldness that Jesus has conquered Satan. When we are in church and you hear somebody say witch, die! Witches, die! Do you think witches die? How many people think a witch, you can kill a witch? Who told you you can kill a witch? The spirit of witchcraft, you can't kill. God would have killed Satan long ago. But in the wisdom of God, you need Satan. Do you understand? Because if not for Satan, some people will not pray. If not for Satan, some people won't come to church. If not for Satan, some people won't agree to be baptized. All this we are doing in church is because you know that Satan is there to whip you. If you, you get into his way and see. You give you a bar, pa. You come rushing to Jesus and say, oh Lord. And some of us give Jesus 90%, 95%. When he says 100, he says no. Then he releases Satan's small. Bye! I'll give you 100. I'll give you 100. Give you 100. 100. Take all. Even 101%. Hallelujah. Jesus did not conquer Satan for himself. Because the Bible is clear that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was God from the beginning. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. John 1.18 says, No one has at any time ever seen God. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has made him know. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus did not conquer Satan for himself. He conquered Satan for you. Tell yourself, Jesus conquered Satan for me. So, even when he was on this earth, you must read Matthew 10, verse 1. Then, after that, we shall look at Luke chapter 10. Matthew 10, verse 1. Yes. And he called to him his twelve disciples. He called his twelve disciples. And gave them authority over unclean spirits. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. To cast them out. Wow. And to heal every disease and every affliction. Look at that. Jesus has not yet died. His blood has not yet been shed. 
He did not rise from the dead. But he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. Luke 10 verse 1. Listen to Luke 10 verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. We have seen the 12. He has given them power. This 72. Add 12 to 72 is how much? 84. And send them on ahead of him. Yes. Two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And, and when they came back, verse 17 and verse 19. Verse 17. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. The 72 came back with joy. and said, oh, Jesus, even demons, they are subject to us in your name. I told Tigari to come out and it came out. I told Voodoo uh, uh, Bramashi to come out. It came out. Hey! I told Akonedi to come out. It came out. Hey! Jesus. Verse 19. Behold. When somebody is telling you something and say, Behold, it means pay attention to what I'm going to say. Behold. Yes. I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. I give you authority. I give you authority. Authority is different from power. You see? Authority means that a small lanky soldier can tell an articulated driver who is a giant, to stop. You see the small policeman say, no, no, no. Then you see the, the big, articulated uh, driver, fool, fool, fool. He will stop. Shh. I say, get down. You see that tough man get down before the lanky policeman. Why? The policeman has authority. He has the authority of Ghana behind him. Jesus said, I give you authority. Yes. To tread on serpents and scorpions. Yes. And over all the power of the enemy. Yes. And nothing shall hurt you. Nothing. 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 Okay, say it with me. Nothing. 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 No, some people are afraid. What, what, what I'm saying is that the Bible says nothing. Jesus says nothing, 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 nothing. Shall by any means hurt you. When you get up tomorrow morning, go to your mirror and say nothing. Then remember the sermon and smile. And then you go to work. Do you hear? Just when you are dressing, eh, you are polishing. Take your mirror and say nothing. Ah. Then go to work. Hallelujah! Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. You know, the first time I cast out an evil spirit, I myself did not believe. <laughs> and the spirit went out. This name of Jesus is powerful. You tell the evil spirit, come out, and the thing comes out. Say, hi. One of our boys came to CDM. He said, Pastor, do you know? I'm 14 years old and I've cast out a demon. <laughs> I said, Yeah. He's 14 years old. He has cast out a demon. Why? The Bible says nothing. 
Nothing. The, the bigger the Nogopo demon is, cast it out. Tell it, I am I lanky policeman. I say, go out. In the name of Jesus, I say, go out. You can change your voice. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nothing. Now, this is before Jesus died. This is before Jesus rose from the dead. This is before Jesus took the key of death and hate. This is before Jesus disarmed principalities and powers and made an open show of them. You know, as a pastor, when I started praying for sick people, and they bring a sick person, I say, God, I beg you, heal. Oh, God, don't you care? Look, this person is suffering. Oh, Jesus, oh, heal, I beg. Took me a long time to see that. That's not how we pray. 95% of the sicknesses brought to you is Satan. Instead of begging God, say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, headache. Go in Jesus' name. Go in the name of the spirit behind this headache. Go! And 80% of the time, the person is healed. We get more healing. If you say it's not true, this week, try it. When somebody is sick and they bring him, say, oh, God, I beg you. Oh, beg, don't you care? I will beg you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Beg you. Do it for ten people. And see whether they won't die successfully. <laughs> then, after that, next time they bring a sick person, don't even come to God and say, in the name of Jesus, headache, go in Jesus' name. Go. Pain, go. In Jesus' name, go. And the person feels their place and see. Say, oh, it's not there again. It's gone. Amen. Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Healing all who were oppressed. Human beings are oppressed by the devil. You heal them by rebuking the demon. Not begging Jesus. Why did he give you authority if he is the one who wants to do it? You see? If this is your father's land and people are squatting on their land and you go to beg them to leave and they slap you then you go and beg the lawyers that this is our land. They say, do you have the papers? Yes, it's for my father. Look at the papers. Then they look at it. They say, who, who are they? Say, some who have been squatting there. I went and begged them. They say, sir, why did you go to beg them? Serve them. Ejection. Serve them. Why do the lawyers do that? Because they are working with law. There is a spiritual law. When you tell the devil, go! He goes. Instead of telling him to go, you are coming to beg God. He will will just be looking at you. That's it. Let me finish my sermon. I've told you that Jesus did not take Satan for granted. He took him seriously. Number two, Jesus overcame Satan thoroughly. Number three, I've told you that the authority 
authority and power, the victory, the conquest of Jesus over Satan. It's for you. He did it for you. So he gave you the authority that get, take it. You take it. So, all that we are talking about concerning spiritual warfare, you can gather it together in four ways of fighting. Number one, you yourself, you must fight Satan yourself. This is why you need to be watchful. Because if Satan has a foothold in your life and you are casting him from another person, what are you doing? You need to stand your ground. Watch yourself against sin, against Satan, against worldliness. You yourself. That's your personal level. Number two. Victims of Satan must be freed. You see? The people who are suffering from Satan, and they must be set free. There's no earthly reason why they should be suffering like that. So, look for people who are suffering from demons and try cast them out. Practice it for yourself so that. You, your chest can become broader. But the third way of dealing with it is what we call fighting against agents of Satan. All the magic, the malam, the marabu, the witches, the so on. Those who are not victims of Satan. They are agents of Satan. They need a confrontation. Like Bar Jesus. Like Simon Magus. Like the girl with spirit of divination in Acts 16. Then the fourth level is territorial spirits. We had that sermon last last week or yeah about territorial spirits fighting against principalities and powers in your family in your school in your neighborhood one teacher I like that testimony he said ah, every year he would teach but when his students go to school they will be failing with success so when he accepted Christ he came across the fact that Jesus overcame devil and that the blood of Jesus overcame Satan. He said, Akwa! So every day he would go to the classroom and put his hand on the desk of each of the students and say, The blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Plead the... That year, his students topped the school. And not only that, one of the lady teachers came to his class. And say, ah, what have you done around here? Eh? What, what is here? Eh, this class? No. What have you been doing? Oh, this class? And she ran away. He was just pleading the blood of Jesus. When you go to work, put your hand on the desk 
of your manager and everybody say blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Eh? I am in this school. I am in this office. I work here. I, I am blood of Jesus. You will see that within a month, that whole place changes. Why? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The word of their testimony. They love not their lives unto death. Heaven is for overcomers. If you don't overcome Satan, what at all have you overcome? Now, when we rise up to pray, just for today, don't beg for anything. What did I say? Today, you are going to if some part of your body is paining you, just put your hand there and say, I rebuke you in the name. The blood of Jesus rebuke you. In Jesus' name. Go, 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 go. I say go. If you know some things that are not working well at your workplace, today, you sent interballistic, you know, missile there and let the difference be clear. Hallelujah. What else? If in your village, people are drinking some water and they are getting COVID out of it. Put your hand on the water. Rebuke you. Hey, COVID, leave this water in Jesus' name. Miscarriage. Go. Hallelujah. And the change will be forever. You have to school yourself in it. If you rebuke the devil and the thing doesn't go, rebuke him again. If I think that's all, rebuke him again. Sometimes it takes rebuke of Satan seven times before he hears. He is like that. Hallelujah. If you are rebuking, you will see that the angels come to help you to rebuke. Then Jesus and the Holy Spirit, heaven, they come to help you to rebuke. Because you are fighting kingdom fight. Shall we be on our feet? Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.